Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff, episode number 14. And I am back with my main man, Mr. Tony D. Viss. Mr. Viss, how are you doing this fine, what is it, Tuesday evening? Tuesday night, yeah. yeah. I'm watching the Creighton-Arkansas game, seeing a high-level basketball game that I think you could say you know, would be either a game that could get a team to the Final Four or a Final Four-level game. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of fun watching that tonight. Yeah, it was it was some really, really good basketball Uh both teams getting after it. Shot making was on a very, very high level. The intensity of it—I mean, it—it it, it felt like a, an elite eight type of game uh, that you were watching on TV. So, by the time folks listen to this, they'll know uh, who won the Maui shootout here. Uh, Creighton will play the winner of what, what do we say? San Diego State and Arizona. Arizona. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're recording in the middle of the San Diego State Arizona game. So. Um, but uh, we're, we're ready to get after it here today. So uh, Tony and I talked this week, and we thought we would talk about uh, when things go bad. You know, we as coaches try to think ahead, and, you know, we, we, we always kind of have those rose-colored glasses on a lot of the times going into the season, and we try to be as optimistic as we can be. But for a lot of teams, uh, and whatever percentage that is, uh, whether it's injuries, it's chemistry issues, it's uh, so forth and so on. Uh, things are going to go off the rails at some point. Even the best teams are going to go through ups and, and especially downs during the season. So Tony and I would, uh, you know, again, kind of based on some of the things that we've dealt with early in the season, uh, dealing with when things go bad, when things go against the plan. And so, you know, we've got a few things written down here, as, as always, and, and Tony and I are going to crank it out here. So, uh, Tony, you want me to go first? You want, uh, do you want to go first? You know, Marty, I'm, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. I okay. know um, a lot of times this is like best practices um, <laughs> that we're, we're kind of discussing here, and I'd love to tell you that I bat a 1,000 on, on best practices. Uh, but sometimes can get wrapped up in emotion and, and different things like that. So I'll, I'll defer to you and, and see what we get started with. Well, I, I thought we'd talk about the first thing that we're all going to deal with at some point, which is a bad practice. Uh, you know, uh, we uh, we started practice, uh, by the time folks hear this, you know, two weeks ago, uh, a week and a half ago, uh, on November 14th. Uh, first five practices, uh, very pleased with. Uh, the sixth practice on Saturday morning, which just happened to be coinciding with our parents' open practice, um, <laughs> probably, and it's not an exaggeration to say, uh, in my two-plus years at Fort Calhoun was probably the worst practice we've had. It was it was just uh, lack of concentration, lack of effort, lack of energy. You name it, we lacked it that morning, and... Um, you know, it was it was just it was just a it was just a tough morning, and we we tried a couple of things to try and get them going. Uh, even when the parents were in the gym, uh, I, I got on them a little bit, uh, just talking about standard. You know, what's our standard? Are we living up to our standard right now? Um, you know, so forth and so on, and tried to explain to them. You know, hey, I know you're tired. We've had five really intense practices, but you know what? Our first weekend is. 
we play Friday night and then we play Saturday afternoon. And the team that we play on Saturday afternoon, do you think they're going to care if we're tired because we put in a bunch of energy on Friday night? No, they're not going to care. So we've got to fight through this. And we kind of did that whole thing. Um, we got about halfway through it and I had to flip a little bit of a mental switch. Um, and I just said, okay, we don't have it this morning. We've got to get something out of this morning though is kind of the mode I went in. So I tried to get back, did my best. And I don't know how well I did. You'd have to ask the people that were in the gym, but, uh, I, I tried, we went back to teacher mode. We tried to be as patient as we could be. We tried to talk through things. We tried to uh, just get the most out of it that we could when we really didn't have the juice that we normally have. And what we did at the end of practice is we brought everybody in, and there wasn't a lot of kicking, screaming, yelling. Uh, I've, I've, I've done this long enough. You're going to have bad practices. Uh, what I told the kids is, you know, hey, bad practice is inevitable. And what we have to look at, though, what is what is not acceptable is having two bad practices in a row. That, that just cannot happen. Um, great teams don't have two bad practices in a row. Uh, and what your journey is going to be like, uh, we're going to learn a lot about what our journey is going to be like on Monday when we come back out and we jump on the floor. And we had a situation, uh, this would be yesterday, we had to practice at six o'clock in the morning because of some gym stuff. And, and not only did we have to practice at six o'clock in the morning, but I had about eight of my kids that had to leave for one act conference play something or other. So, uh, so they were, they, and I had to talk and, and our, our drama guy was, was really generous. They were going to leave at six 30 or they were going to leave at seven. So my kids would have had to leave at six 30. And I asked him if he could push it back to seven 30. So my kids could be at practice for at least an hour. And he was really good about it. He was great about it. It was a really simple conversation. And, uh, I just said, you know, we, we got a lot of stuff going on. We got to get up early in the morning. We got kids, you know, are you, you know, kids that are leaving for the one act, uh, are you going to be thinking ahead to one act or am I going to get your your high concentration level and, and effort level uh, for an hour. And, and I really just try to take those situations and put the onus on the kids uh, that it's your journey. It's not my journey and how you come out and how you practice, how you react to a tough situation. will say a lot about what our journey is going to be like this year. Uh, nothing to do with wins and losses. We, we, we never really talk about wins and losses. We just talk about standards, championship habits, what do we want our journey to be like, and everything else will take care of itself. And so that's the way we handled Saturday morning. Um, and we, we were pretty good on Monday morning. I wouldn't say we were great Monday morning. Now, today we were really good. Today, at today's practice, we were really good. We were really sharp. We had mistakes. We didn't do everything perfectly, nor should we at this point of the year. But the kids have responded well, and I, I hope that we're communicating how to handle a bad practice in the right way. That, okay, we know you're not going to be great every day, and that's something we can live with, but what is unacceptable is not being at your best two days in a row. And we've got to find a way to work our way through that. And I think when you put it on in, in that way, uh, it, it's worked for, for me for the most part in my career. And, uh, you know, that's the way we handled the bad practice. So, um, long drawn out 
that's about the most I've ever talked in in one stretch here on 300 and some podcasts, Tony. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to you right now because everybody's probably bored with me talking about that right now. But uh, that's that's the way we handled a bad practice. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? No, I, I thought you brought up some really good points. You know, uh, a lot of a lot of programs focus on rules, and you know, I listening to you talk about standards and listening to other people. I mean, that's that's a big one. Like we had a bad practice uh, last night on Monday. Uh, we were, it was our first time we alternate between three and five. So we'll either practice right after school from three to five, or we'll be that second shift and we'll go five to seven. And so last night was our first five to seven practice. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was because it was two hours after school, what the deal was, but we, we had a bad practice. And so tonight before things begin, we normally start off with some plyometric stuff and I just talked to him for 10 minutes and said, hey, you know, are you guys a good team? And threw it out there at him. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're really, really good. And I'm like, well, um, you know, we've had, I think tonight was practice number eight. And I said, we've had three not so good ones and five pretty good ones. And so, you know, in terms of like championship habits, I know you use that phrase as well. Um, you're, you're, you're not showing me that right now because bad practices should be the exception to the rule, not the rule. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, what are some what are some reasons that maybe we're not practicing well? And another bad practice we had was on a Saturday. And that was like, you know, you like you mentioned, it was her first, your first, our first Saturday practice. We hopped in at nine o'clock. It wasn't good. And, you know, and just having some of those things where you walk through that stuff with them. Hey, you know, this is out of out of schedule. And so just making sure they understand and kind of get their body used to things get their mind ready to go and stuff like that and just addressing that with them and sometimes you know as, as we go through that we just we talked about we had our point guard moved away uh, before the season began and not only was our point guard uh, but he was our best leader and so I just put the question out there who are your leaders and so we kind of walk through that a little bit the fact the fact that we don't know yet And so who are those leaders going to be? And we got to have those guys step up sooner rather than later. And then we talked about there are three people in this gym that cannot have a bad practice. One is the coach. And I openly admitted to him, I said, hey, I've had some bad practices. I have to do a better job of coaching you. And two is our best player. And so I was like, okay, who's our best player? And they eventually named a young man, but it took a little while. And so we talked talked a little bit about that. And the third one's your point guard. And I said, you know, right now we don't have a point guard. We're going to have to do this by committee. And so it puts a little bit of an onus on several of you rather than one of you that we've got to have us three. We've got to have better practices than what we've had. Yeah. And I thought tonight was really good. I thought tonight was one of our better practices, if not our best practice of the season so far. Mm-hmm. We're going to scrimmage in the morning. And so we were going to go against our freshman team. And so it'll be interesting to see how those things go. But those are some of the strategies and techniques that we put in. And, you know, talks about putting your teacher hat on and stuff. But, you know, a lot of times what happens when things are going bad, you know, I get upset and then kind of lose a little bit of poise and composure. And that's not something I want to model for them. And so I was just interested to hear your your response, Mm -hmm. how you handle it. And, you know, this isn't just – me, you know, I've got all the answers because I don't have all the answers. And so I enjoy this conversation with you. I enjoy, you know, listening to others talk about some of these same issues and trying to apply those and put those items into place. And and when you're struggling, and I think what I have done in the past is 
uh, I tell my quote-unquote leaders, hey, look, you, you're smart kids. You know when we're not meeting our standard. So instead of me saying something, you know, I'm going to kind of give you this look, and I, and I kind of demonstrate like this look like, okay, are you okay with this? Because I'm not okay with this. Are you okay with this? Um, and you have full freedom to say, hey, coach, we need a minute. Yeah, time out. Oh, yeah. Full. Okay. Hey, yeah. <laughs> okay. Boom. You got it. You got it. And I tell them, and I'm sure you've told your kids this, Tony, uh, the more you talk and the less I talk, the better we're going to be in those circumstances. Yep. And and I want you, you, you have, uh, now we're not going to do this 10 times of practice, but you have full uh, reign. Uh, you, you, you have freedom to just say at any point, hey, coach, we need a minute and circle the wagons and let's get this figured out. And we're still trying to find that a little bit. I, I think we've, uh, we've got to, We've got to work our way into that. I, I think there's one or two kids that would like to uh, be in that, have that responsibility, but they're still not really ready to grab it and run with it. Uh, they're, they're still a little bit tentative. I, I don't think they want to step on certain toes. And it's like, well, hey, you know what? If you do that, you're not going to step on anybody's toes. I, I think they respect you enough that it's going to be okay. So that part of it is a process as well as we kind of grow into this new team and and, and mold ourselves into this new team. So uh, I, that's another thing that I really encourage my kids to do is when we are struggling, you know, it, it's not my team, it's your team. And, and if you kids come together and say, hey, this is not our standard, that we need to do this and this and this better, come on now, let's get going, let's get that's going to go a lot longer. Uh, you know, I can short term, I can scare the snot out of them and, and get something out of them for a short piece of time. But I don't really want to do that, nor do I try to do that, because I know that's a that's a short term solution for a long term problem. And, yeah. and so that's why I try to put that onus on the kids, uh, especially if you really feel like you've got a high character leader that the rest of the players will listen to. Yeah. You know, I think Marty, what you're describing is player led team versus yep. a coach led team. Absolutely. And yep. A player led team is going to kick a coach led team's butt. And like you mentioned, you know, it'd be like if you got cut and you needed stitches and you put a band aid on it. And what I'm talking about, you know, you could get upset, scream and yell, and you could, like you said, scare them. And that may work for a little bit, but if you keep doing that over and over, it kind of becomes the Charlie Brown teacher thing. Wah, 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 I mean, wah, wah. You don't have no idea what the teacher's saying. All you're is wah, wah, wah. And that's where, you know, if you yell all the time, that's what it gets to for the players. You know, last year I had a phenomenal leader, um, probably the best leader I, I've coached. And one of the things that, that he would do is he held them all accountable. You know, mm-hmm. the first little bit of practice, I'm the one that's holding them accountable. And all of a sudden, my point guard, he was my point guard last year, he kind of takes control of things. And they kind of fell like ducks in a row for him. And I got to be the good cop. He was the one that, some, <laughs> you know, that, that held him very, very accountable. And he could do that because the relationship he had with them. And so I went to my best player uh, last week and just said, hey, man, I need your help here. I need you. And he's not, he's not a kid that's going to hold them tremendously accountable right now, 
but they really, really respect him because he's not only our best player, but he's also our hardest worker. Mm -hmm. And so he carries a lot of credibility because of that. It's like, hey, Pierce, if you tell them the standard's the standard and you're busting your butt and you're diving on the floor and you're doing this, that, and the other, and then you you can hold them to that level because you're not being a hypocrite by saying, hey, you got to hustle while you're sitting out of every drill and, and going half speed. Yeah. You know, you have that. But it's hard for kids to be a bad cop with their peers because you want to be liked. I mean, yeah. even at my advanced age, I want to be liked, you know, and but at the same time, you also have to, as a leader, grow into, you know, you, you don't have to be a jerk about it, but hold them accountable and hold them to the standard. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. I don't like you very much, Tony. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> Thank so, you, Marty. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, Marty. Yeah, just, I, I just, you know, I, you're contractually obligated to be on this. So, <laughs> so away from Wendy's coupons. <laughs> hey, hey, if we get to 20, I'll send you Arby's. So. Thank you. That's an upgrade. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, we're going to have to edit that. I don't know. We'll leave it in. Um, what about, uh, uh, what do you do when, when you're struggling with injuries, Tony? Uh, you got a team that, you know, you're, you're missing some pieces, what, whatever that, those pieces may be, whether they're big pieces or small pieces, but they're pieces. And you're, you're struggling with injuries. How do you keep a team together that just, you know, is, is not doing what they're capable of doing for the mere fact that you just have kids that are unavailable? You know, uh, we actually had four that we had to walk down to the trainer tonight. I mean, there were minor things, nothing that's going to cause them to miss, you know, days or games or anything like that. But one of the things I, I saw, I'm trying to remember how many years ago it was, you probably would know better than me, but when Iowa had the rash of injuries at the tailback position, I don't remember uh -huh. what they ended up, what string it was. I just know it was a walk-on. And Ferentz had that motto, next man up. Yeah. And so that was kind of our thing, you know, hey, next man up. And so you just kind of get those guys in there. And are they the same? No, they're not the same. You might have to do something a little bit differently, but you've got to get them to buy in. And one of the phrases I, I use with them a lot is the most dangerous animal is a wounded animal that's been backed into a corner because they're going to come out and fight. And that's what I challenge them with is, hey, you know, we might not have all of the, you know, all of our weapons here or whatever the case may be, but let's, let's roll up our shirt here. Let's get our hands dirty and let's fight. Let's mm -hmm. make them, if they're going to, if they're going to get us today, let's make them earn it. But let's go out there. Let's go out there together as one and give an inspired effort and play for that person that's been injured and, and, you know, make the, you know, play for them because you know, they would give whatever they could to be out there with us today. Yeah. And, and I think that, 
you don't make any excuses. Uh, here's the deal. You know, we're not going to cancel the game because this kid is is out or we got these couple of kids that are out, whatever it may be. We got to find a way, kids. And, mm-hmm. and that's just the mere fact of it. Uh, some of you who maybe have been looking for an opportunity, here's your opportunity. Make something yep. happen. But we're going to go out here, and, and I like what you said there about the wounded animal. Uh, we're we're going to fight. We're going to fight. And and we may not be at full strength, and, we, and I would never really use this, but, you know, we, we still have strength. And, and we've got to find a way to get this done, regardless of, of what has happened. And I, I think one of the things um, that is important for us to do as coaches, and we're talking about the team and the players that are healthy in this circumstance, but we also need to do our best to try and keep those kids that are injured involved with the group as well, because they're not wanting to sit there. Uh, they want to be out there. They want to be playing. That's the reason why they're out for the sport. That's why they put in the time and the effort and the energy to to participate in it. So one of the things that I don't think I did very well when I was younger, but I, I think I've done a much better job of in the last 10 years or so, is, hey, you know, it, it is tough sitting out when you've put in this much time and, and, and it sucks for you. And is there anything that I can do? And, and a lot of times there's nothing you can do, but and, and I've had I've had a, a situation or two where um, a parent has gotten upset with me after the season because their 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 child suffered what I would call like a catastrophic injury, a season-ending injury, um, and they're like, "Well, you didn't make them feel like they were part of the team." I'm like, "I talked to them every day in practice. They were on every bus trip. They did this. I don't know what else you want me to do." I I had a very clear conscience when uh, when those statements came across uh and and i but i i I had a clear conscience because i knew i had done all that i could to try and keep that player involved with what we were trying to do and so uh but i i do think it is important that we just don't take those kids and and toss them off to the side especially when they've suffered a a catastrophic injury that you know we've got to keep them we've got to make them feel part of the group as well yeah i mean it is one of those things too, where you know they still are a part of the team. And what we've done with with some of those kids that have had those injuries, hey, the kid that's got your spot tonight, you be like their own personal coach. You you inspire them, you give them you know suggestions that they can do, and then something like that. And obviously, they're still on the bench with us, well, cheering cheering them on and stuff. And so something like that, where you incorporate them. And give them that role can mean a lot too, where they they talk to the backup. Hey, here in the past when I've gone against this kid, this has worked. Here's what he's saying when when he wants you to do this on this play or whatever the case may be. And so yeah, I mean there's there's definitely ways that you can incorporate them and keep them a part of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing that I had on my list, Tony, uh, you play a bad game, and eventually you're going to play a bad game. Even the best teams, like we said, they're going to play a bad game. How do you handle a bad game, Tony? You know, one of the things that we talk about with with those, I mean, if it's if it's really, really bad, like, I mean, you just went out and you couldn't do anything right, mm-hmm. you know, we we just kind of move on. You know, we it's no reason to go back and, and, and you're not going to get anything from the film and different things like that. You just move on and you go back and remind them of the, of the successes that they had had earlier. This one night does not define you. 
these other ones and you give multiple examples, this is what defines you. Um, and then if it's, if it's something that you can use as motivation, you know, Hey, don't let this happen again. I mean, we came in here, we laid an egg, part of maybe why we laid an egg, we were overconfident. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't prepare like we should, whatever the case may be, but you've got to get something like, you know, you mentioned with your team on Saturday, Hey, we don't have the juice today, but we've got to get something out of this. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's a similar situation like, hey, you know, we've got to get something from this, whether it's motivation, something to never do again, whatever the case may be. But I feel like you can always find and, and there are some exceptions to that, but you can you can usually find something to get out of those bad games. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's a different routine. Maybe it's doing whatever. But, you know, Dean Smith talks a lot about learn from the mistake and then flush it and go on. Don't keep hanging, hanging around your neck like an albatross. Yeah. I think one of the, the, again, lessons learned in my career, we play a a bad game and what's the, what's the first thing you want to do with your team, Tony? You want to go in and you want to kind of give them the riot act. You bet. You bet. And unfortunately I did that on three occasions. No, much more than three occasions, but uh, and you know what? It, it probably made it worse than it made it better. Uh, it, you know, one of the things that I've really tried to do is limit how much I talk after a game. I really try to keep it to literally about two minutes tops. And then we go through our team awards uh, for the night, our Windex woman of the night, our, our Benergy and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh I think a lot of times when you play a bad game and you're upset and you're frustrated, now you want to go in and rip them because you're mad. And now, and you rip them. Okay. So you go in and, and you get, you get after your team. You feel better because you've blown off this team. Guess who feels even worse? Players yeah. do. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Hey, you know what? We just got drilled by 25 and now our coach thinks we suck um, is, is kind of the, the, my belief as as I've tried again tried to grow the the psychology behind it. So what I've done, tried to do anyway, is hey, look, we're not gonna really talk a lot about this right now. I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna watch the film, I'm gonna see if the film confirms what I believe I saw here tonight. We've got to get better. This is gonna bother this should bother you till your head hits the pillow. Then we're gonna come tomorrow and we'll we'll address it tomorrow. And, and I've really tried to do that because a lot of times when you're that frustrated, that angry, that upset, what are the odds that you're going to say something stupid or something that you're going to regret to an individual or during the team during a time of frustration? It, High 90. <laughs> it, it, it increases exponentially in that situation. So if you put off that and you tell the kids, hey, I'm going to get home and watch the film, blah, blah, blah. Then you come in the next day and you know exactly what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. And you have, you could say, hey, look, this it's been 24 hours. I've watched a film and my God, were we awful rebounding and jeepers criminy, Jimmy. Can you get a box out to save your life or whatever it may be? That to me has been a better mechanism to get my point across than immediately blowing a gasket right after a game. Uh, you know, and believe me it's it's hard to fight i remember my first year we played a team that was not very good and, and my first year was you know we, we we still have a ways to go but first year was tough and we we were at a point where we had lost like seven games in a row i thought okay 
this is the one that's going to break the streak. And we went and just gave the game away. And I wanted to just unload, just absolutely unload. And I, and I bit my tongue and I, I, I unloaded for like five seconds, maybe, you know, can we make a layup? And then I, I caught myself and we had a good practice the next day and we broke the, you know, the, the losing streak the next game. Um, and I really feel like if I would have lost it in the, the, on the seventh game or on the eighth game that we lost in a row, that, that could have really evolved into nine, 10, 11, 12. God only knows where we would have went gone at that point. And, and so I I think that if you hold off on that, you're going to say what you mean. You're going to know exactly what you want to say and how you're going to say it, and you're not, the likelihood of you saying something that you're going to regret to an individual or the team itself, uh, it drops dramatically when you put that off and give yourself that time to cool down and really think about how you want to address your team after a disappointing game. No, I think the, the less is more strategy after the game, win or lose, highly recommend it. Um, and then you were talking about how you want to unload. I call it verbal vomit. Yeah. The only one that yeah. feels better is after you. it is you. <laughs> yep. Everybody else is like, oh, yeah. oh. Yep. you yep. know, kind of that, that, you know, the puke smell type thing. You bet. And yeah, so I 100% back everything that you just said there. Yeah. Uh, you got any more, Tony? No, I think we we handled. I should say handled. We covered covered the ones. Bad practice, bad game, injuries. You know, and, and you have to be the lighthouse, if you will, where you're the beacon of hope. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know things don't seem good, but you you know you might be you might be trying to to you know get water from a rock or whatever the case may be. But you've got to be the one. Hey, it's going to be okay. Um, you know, I've I've, tr- I've trust me. I've coached a lot of games here. We're we're making some progress. It's going to transfer over. But you have to be the eternal optimist at those times because, like you said. It could go from eight games to nine games to 10 games to 11 games to 12 game losing streak because you blew up after a game and it just kind of snowballed from there. Yep. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. Oh, this is a thing now, Tony. I was I was wondering there for a second. I still can't wait till we get them to a, you know to <laughs> play it live on, on the pod. Hey, that's one of the, that's one of the big surprises for the third annual Pen and a Napkin Coaching Clinic on April the first, twenty twenty three. Get your tickets now. It's a Europe reunion show. Yes. <laughs> Hey, they had some good songs. They had the, they you know, yeah, you know, Carrie. Just the final countdown. Yeah, they had the power ballad, Carrie, uh, yeah. Cherokee. 
um, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they, they did all right for themselves. They did all right. You know, uh, that's the reason why I'm charging 20 more dollars ahead this year for the coaches <laughs> clinic, you know? So there you go, folks. <laughs> uh, all right. Are you ready for this week's trivia, Mr. Viss? No, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you are ahead seven to six because I failed last week. No, uh, it doesn't. The questions I ask you sometimes, I'm like, they're not the greatest questions ever. But when you kind of cram at the end to find something, uh-uh. and what's the sixth word on the thousand <laughs> page one thousand five of War and Peace? You don't get much. Don't get much of a chance there. All right. Well, that, that's why you only get uh, Arby's coupons instead of uh, Runza. You know. So. All right, well, here we go. Uh, this week's trivia question, and it actually comes up from something that we talked about earlier. Uh, like we mentioned, we are taping this right after Creighton defeated Arkansas in the Maui Classic. Maui Classic, one of the most famous early season men's college basketball tournaments. How many years has the Maui Classic been played, Antoine? How many years? This year's edition is the blank edition of the Maui Classic. Three guesses? You got three. Let's go nice number of 75. That is incorrect. Am I high or low? You are too high. Ooh. Let's drop this sucker to 60. You are incorrect. And once again, too high. Dang. I'm going to go... 50. That is incorrect. Dang it. How close was I? Uh well, are we are we with horseshoes and hand grenades or thirty <laughs> ninth. <laughs> this is the thirty ninth oh. edition of the Maui Classic. So not really. Not no. really close at all. No. Uh started in nineteen eighty four is when the Maui Classic started. So Remember the 84s? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a fine year. Uh, you know, Red Dawn came out. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Van Halen's 1984 album came out. Um, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. Yeah, no, we, we can't afford them. Yeah. We couldn't play Jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. We can't afford Billy Vanilli, Tony. <laughs> All right. Sporting event you're looking forward to this week, Mr. Viss. Well, to show my well-roundedness, the United States plays England on Friday in the World Cup. Have you been following the World Cup? I have. And and, and that was my thing as well this week was the World Cup. Um, you know, I uh, wasn't really a soccer guy. And then uh, especially the boys started playing some soccer and, uh, you know, kind of got into it. And I haven't had much of a chance to see any of the games. I've been keeping track of scores, but I really haven't been able to see games because of practices and, and other personal things uh, going on. But uh, I, I will get some soccer in over the next month for sure. So Excellent. Yeah. Also, being, you know, college football, it's the Iron Bowl this week. Auburn and Alabama. That'll be on Saturday, so I'll be paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, you got the big Thanksgiving matchups. Uh, they're actually not bad this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Detroit's won like three in a row. I think they're the only team that has a losing record that plays 
on Thanksgiving Day in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then another one to keep track of is that we've been talking about some of these early season uh, tournaments like the Maui Classic. Mm-hmm. There's some really, really good matchups. So yeah. those will be... Those will be my viewing pleasure this week. Lots of good sports. Yeah, um, it, it's just it's college basketball season. Our, our son Carter is back home. He didn't uh, he didn't make he didn't get the trip to down to the uh, Bahamas with South Dakota State with the women's team, but uh, they beat Louisville uh, yesterday. He wow. was really excited about that. Uh, they they went two and one down there. Uh, which is that's impressive. That's, that's impressive. So now you had mentioned that they had a their best player was out. Is is she back in the rotation? Now? Uh, re- returning point guard. I, she's practicing. I, I think he said she's starting to practice some. Uh, maybe around Christmas time she'll start playing again. I think is kind of the goal. So, okay. uh, and and he said there's one other gal that they have out that that is a contributor as well. So for them to you know they uh, they played Creighton really really tough and Creighton's undefeated. They you know kicked the snot out of Nebraska last week and um, uh, you know they're playing really really well early on in the season. Flans got them going. Um, they uh, they beat Mississippi State. Uh, lost a tough one against UCLA, but then they come back and beat Louisville on a neutral court. Uh, so uh, he, he's really excited about that. Uh, you know, Michael's down in Orlando. By the time folks hear this, they will have played Oklahoma on Thanksgiving Day. So uh, he's really excited about that. And, you know, uh, like I said, World Cup, that's what I'm, I'm going to try and watch some World Cup here over the Thanksgiving break, a little bit of downtime, and and uh, check that out as well. So um, ready to roll. I'm impressed with your culture. Ah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a highly cultured man. You know, growing up in Northwest Iowa, uh, we, we always reserve the finer things in life. You know, original Pizza Ranch pizza and things like that. Um, so, um, but uh, no, it's uh, it'll be good. It'll be it'll be good. So, uh, anything to add for this week, Tony? No, sir. Just know that uh, it's not a case of if bad things are going to happen. It's when, mm-hmm. and make sure you have yourself a plan in place on how you're going to react to those because emotionally might not be the best route to go. Yeah, and before we go, and I and I, I am remiss to say this, uh, Grandpa again, Mr. Viss? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brandon and, and Brooke had a little guy on Sunday at 4.30 in the morning, uh-huh. so we met Cruz Sunday evening, uh-huh. and... Uh, over nine pounds, so uh, cute as a button. They came, they went home today, wow. and so I'm sure we'll we'll be making some trips to Central Iowa to to see him again soon. Ah, congratulations with that! Over nine pounds, he's gonna be a middle linebacker, buddy. I think so. He's yeah. a thick guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a you know four four forty, you know, explosive, <laughs> you know, getting through that a gap on the Red Dog Blitz, you know, so. Um, well, hey, congratulations! That's that's awesome for you and Rita, and 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 glad for Brandon and Brooke, and and uh, yeah, hope uh, just hope uh, got ten fingers. I hope I hope the child has ten fingers, ten toes, and looks like your wife. That's all I ask for. Those are three things I there ask for, go. Tony. So. <laughs> you got a chance in this life. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. So, all right. Well, hey, when things go bad. Uh, episode number 14 of the coaching staff. Hopefully you took some things from this. Uh, great discussion here with Tony. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, ideas, as always, you can DM myself. You can DM Tony. You can email me at penandanapkin at gmail.com, and we'll be more than willing to, to reach out to you and, and help you out through anything that you're going through. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.